This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, midweek, Wednesday afternoon, September 28th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. We'll have a heat check on the economy and on the state of the housing market coming up next. But right now, a host of Florida attractions are closing due to Hurricane Ian, including Walt Disney World. Joining us to discuss this is Cindy Richards, the editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com based in Chicago. Cindy, thanks for joining us today. Now, the last time Disney World closed down because of a hurricane was 2019, and I actually had some relatives who were down there at the time. Uh, half of the party decided to drive uh, out ahead of the storm a couple of days ahead of time, and they said they were in traffic, wall-to-wall traffic, all the way up to Atlanta from Orlando. The other group uh, actually flew out in the nick of time. But if you're unable to leave, uh, Walt Disney World tells you uh, you got to stay in your hotel until the coast is clear. Absolutely. Uh, shelter in place is the answer. The The hurricane's about to make landfall, and the already the winds and the rain are huge. So staying in a hotel room, staying in your condo, wherever you're staying down there, that's really the answer. I mean, I hope that by now you've, you know, whoever's down there has bought some water, packed in some snacks, and they're ready to hunker down at least for the next 24 hours. Now, looking at uh, one of the uh, Disney World superfan Twitter accounts right now, uh, this is someone staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge on the Walt Disney World property. Uh, Even though you're supposed to shelter in place at the hotel, it doesn't mean you can't be entertained. Uh, They do have a a number of uh, entertainment events, character experiences, uh, movie nights uh, going on at the hotel, even as they stack uh, 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 sandbags by the door, and uh, they tell you you have to get uh, meal kits from the quick service restaurants. Sure. Well, it's Disney, right? They're all about entertainment. The whole company's built on that. They're not going to leave people, you know, sort of in their rooms, cowering in a corner. They're going to do what they can to distract the kids and to keep everybody sort of calm and entertained as long as they can. And, you know, I mean, Orlando is very far inland. It's not, you know, it's in the center of the state. It's not, uh, you know, it's not on the coast, so it's not going to get the storm surge and those other really dangerous um, side effects of the storm. But it's going to get rain. It's going to get wind. And, you know, it, it can be scary for people who don't like storms. So they're going to do what they can to um, to distract people. You know, they, they ask for volunteers among the cast members, which I think cast members is what they call their employees, um, which I think is, is kind of phenomenal that people are saying, yeah, I'll come and work instead of stay home and take care of my house and make sure it's okay in the storm. So they get people who really want to be there um, and they take pretty good care of them. At least they have in past uh, hurricanes. 
um, you know, they put them up at the hotels and they're feeding them and paying them well for the duration of this while they're uh, while they have guests who can't get home and aren't in the parks getting the experience that they paid for. And very quickly, uh, if uh, you plan to arrive today or tomorrow, you will be reaccommodated. Uh, resort check-ins uh, at Walt Disney World have been halted for 48 hours. And if you're going to one of the uh, value-added experiences like the uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party underway for two months at the uh, Magic Kingdom, uh, you will get a refund because that show is for sure canceled. Absolutely. You know, anybody planning a trip to Florida during hurricane season should plan and expect that this could happen and have, uh, you know, have um, travel insurance to help them recoup some of their costs, like to pay for extra nights if you get stuck. You know, the big problem is going to be people are going to try to get home and had flights canceled. There's now going to be two or three days worth of airline passengers that have to get accommodated. It's going to be a little while before they get home. Just read your policy carefully. Make sure it covers hurricane expenses. And, you know, if you're if you're on your way to Florida now, you probably shouldn't be because they're not going to be able to check in your hotel. And it's a dangerous place to be right now. So I say anybody in Florida should just be sheltered in place right now until we wait to see what happens. Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of TravelingMom.com, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, a look at the housing market and the overall economy. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Pending home sales fall for the third straight month, while the 10-year Treasury yield touches 4% for the first time in over a decade. We're joined by Peter Cardillo, chief market economist with Spartan Capital Securities based in New York. Peter, thanks for joining us today. Before we talk about the housing market, let's talk about the 10-year yield, which uh, hit 4% for the first time since 2008, 14 years ago. Now, I remember the beginning of the great financial crisis, and I'm sure you do too. And uh, there was that sense that everything was melting down all at once in September of 2008. I don't have that same feeling today. So why are investors uh, very pessimistic when they uh, escape to the bond market? Well, obviously, because, you know, the Fed has embarked on a uh, very restringent uh, monetary policy. And um, so uh, the bond market actually fell apart. Uh, If you look back just about a year and a half ago where yields were, and now look what they are now. The 10-year was just about uh, a a half a point. Now they uh, touched the 4% in overnight trading. And so, uh, you know, it's it's, it's all about the Fed and its fight against inflation. Uh, But I also want to point out that – uh, it's true that we topped 4% in the 10-year uh, in overnight trading, but right now we're back down at 374. Uh, yields are coming down rather sharply. Now, I, I, I suspect that um, uh, it, it might be uh, in sympathy with uh, uh, what the Bank of uh, England did today, um, announcing that they would buy uh, long-term bonds to stabilize the markets. In fact, I believe that they executed uh, about a billion so far. So um, that is a billion pounds. And so um, that could be one of the reasons why. But also, you know, uh, pending home sales fell. And uh, it's no secret that uh, the housing market certainly is uh, uh, in recession and uh, that uh, 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 one of the pillars, uh, if not the pillars of the economy, 
um, certainly um, is in dire straits due to the higher cost uh, factor. Uh, when it comes to assessing the uh, the risks to the housing market, obviously you start with substantially higher mortgage rates. You know, in the fives and the sixes uh, compared to just a couple of years ago when it was in the twos and threes. But is it also a function of you're simply running out of houses to buy and sell? That's part of it, and that's part of it. But you know, uh, with the cost of money skyrocketing uh, compared to where we were. Uh, a year, a year and a half ago, um, obviously there's a problem uh, in in the w- with the mortgages. Remember, a lot of people bought balloon type mortgages when uh, interest rates were very low. When when uh, you could have got a conventional loan at about uh, maybe two and three quarters, three and a quarter percent. And so the problem now is uh, when these loans, uh, when these mortgages come. Um, come 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 do uh, obviously they have to make big payments and that could be a scary uh, factor for the market peter cardillo chief market economist with spartan capital securities based in new york thank you for joining us this afternoon coming up next pf changs is launching a subscription program at the wbbm noon business hour continues Many companies have added a subscription model over the past decade. First, it was streaming services, then tacos, now Chinese food. P.F. Chang's relaunching its longtime loyalty program to include a paid tier. Joining us to discuss this is Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Izzy. Companies offering similar things, but P.F. Chang's genius in this is that they're offering you something for $6.99 a month. So very little money, less than a streaming service. And it, it really is adding or supercharging their loyalty program. For $6.99 a month, it offset all of your delivery fees, uh, you know, for having food delivered to your house. It can And the genius is very inexpensive. I'm ordering from them already. Why don't I just pay the $6.99 a month? Offset what I'm doing already. And uh, uh, Panera, this is kind of similar to Panera's program where you can spend eight ninety nine per month for a coffee subscription. And the research is already uh, proving that uh, that brings more people into the restaurant more often. Oh, absolutely. You're going to go where once you've invested, uh, you're going to absolutely want to go and utilize that. Uh, I was uh, talking earlier saying that, you know, I used to manage a private club and we had uh, a choice for for members who could get wine lockers for $15, but it it made the difference of a customer or not a customer. Well, Izzy, I'm glad you uh, you, you trust my judgment on wine, and uh, hopefully at the end of this hypothetical meal, you would still uh, (laughs) uh, still trust my judgment. Um, When it comes to P.F. Chang's, it's not only uh, uh, free delivery, but uh, you also get bumped up uh, on the wait list if you have to make a reservation at a sit-down P.F. Chang's restaurant. But if you're a member of this new loyalty or upgraded loyalty program, that can make a very, very big difference. But P.F. Chang's uh, recognizes that that this piece is the biggest hurdle that they have to cover because they really have to make sure that if you are a member and you're paying the $6.99, when you go to that reservation, that it recognizes you as this super loyal member and gives you uh, your place uh, in line over and above uh, the other guests. And and the last piece of this, uh, they have 5 million loyalty members. 
uh, at P.F. Chang's. If just 2% join this club right away, that's going to close in on a million dollars of new revenue. Yeah, this this falls into, uh, you know, casual, uh, you know, or fine dining casual, kind of that in-between space. Uh, but absolutely, this is going to put pressure on and give some really great ideas to to their competitors in this uh, in this market space. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's news traffic and weather station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Punishing winds from Hurricane Ian are buffeting Florida's southwest coast. A special report from CBS News coming up next. Personal Finance Wednesday, how you can turn a loss on stocks into a way to trim your tax bill. Shares of Apple are dipping today and reports the company is not increasing production of the iPhone 14. WBBM business, the markets are higher today. The Dow is up 457 points. The NASDAQ is up 156. The S&P 500 is up 56. AccuWeather says for today, breezy and cool, sunshine, patchy clouds for the city and inland suburbs. A high today of 60, 57 at O'Hare, 59 at Midway. It's 1231 in Chicago. CBS News Special Report. Hurricane Ian is expected to officially make landfall in Florida any time now, but the state's already feeling its effects. CBS's Manuel Bajorquez is in Fort Myers. That calm before the storm, well, it's over here. We're getting this constant pounding rain and the winds are starting to pick up. Tim Delaney lives about 50 miles north in Englewood and lost power. I won't really know how bad it is until I get to go outside. And I'm sure I, I, I've heard things hitting, hitting my roof, so I'm sure there's some roof damage going on. But so far, us, everything's been fine. We didn't have any, uh, we're, we're not panicking, not yet, anyway. Till then, FEMA says resources are on standby. Administrator Deanne Criswell. The Army Corps of Engineers is pre-staging 350 personnel to conduct power and fuel assessments as soon as the storm passes. Right now, Ian is a Category 4 storm, but very close to a Cat 5. CBS News Special Report. I'm it's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading sharply higher. Joining us with the latest in what's moving Wall Street is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Just to put something in perspective, how long this uh, Wall Street route has been going on, I had to like basically train my brain this morning to say that stocks are up. Uh, it's been that long. There have been so there have been so many days of losses, so much red on Wall Street. Uh, is this a reflection of the uh, markets hitting a technical bottom and uh, bouncing off of that, or is this relief over some of the measures that the uh, British central bank is taking to stabilize their currency? 
Well, good afternoon, Robin. Thanks again for having me on. You know, uh, it has been pretty much red, red ink for a few weeks now. This is, in my opinion, a relief rally that was helped by what you had mentioned, which is the British government announcing that they're going to start buying long-term uh, bonds, in, uh, uh, British bonds. Um, it just shows that governments are willing to step in here a little bit. The Fed has not said that they're willing to do anything like that yet, um, so we're waiting on that. But, you know, we've been we've been oversold here, in my opinion. Um, I don't think massively oversold, but just sentiment has gotten so negative that a relief rally is not surprising on a day like today where we had bad news out of Apple, but other than that, and it shows you how even Apple, it's not really driving the market. It's the bond market is driving the stock market right now, and bonds are, are rallying very large today, and yields are down. So that's the big news is that yields are basically driving stocks, which is, is rare. It's usually the other way around. But uh, right now, all eyes are on the Fed. All eyes are on the 10-year Treasury and the 30-year um, to see which, which way we're going to go from here. Uh, overnight, the ten-year uh, yield reached four uh, percent before backing off, and it's uh, that was the first time the ten-year yield had reached four percent since uh, the end of 2008. And I remember the 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 financial crisis as it was unfolding. Uh, the day uh, uh, Lehman Brothers uh, folded, uh, the day Congress wasn't able to uh, pass the first round of TARP funding, uh, markets melting down by the tune of a thousand points a day. That was bad. And there's a lot of stress this time, but it just seems like that the uh, these dire predictions aren't really lining up with the reality as it exists in September of 2022. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, the, the market is forecasting a recession that may or may not happen. I think they're putting a little bit too high odds on that happening when we don't have data that shows it's going to. That's why we, we're, we're, we're cautious buyers here. We have the fair-valued S&P at around 3,800, which is, you know, only a 3 4% above where it's at. But, you know, we do think that, that investors can nibble here, especially ones that have long-term time horizons. If you have a 10-year time horizon, the S&P is off 20-plus percent this year. NASDAQ's off 30%. So if, if you're not buying now, when are you going to buy? So, you know, it depends on your time horizon. If you're looking for a bounce-back V-shaped recovery here, that's not going to happen this time. I can guarantee you that. So you're not going to get that. But if you're a long-term investor, this is a great time to, to be nibbling. And we have been as well. You know, we bought some Schlumberger on, on weakness uh, the other day, this week. Um, but we're not like hand over fist buying stocks because we don't think it's that much undervalued and that the Fed still has a lot of increases in rates coming. So, you know, there's, there's, there's still recessionary risk. There's still risk to investors, and they need to be cautious. I just think that if you have a long-term time horizon, this is a great time to start buying stocks. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, we get the 101 on tax loss harvesting and Roth conversions. Your daily transaction for useful information. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and this afternoon we're talking about how you can turn those stock losses into tax savings. We welcome in Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. The website, engagewealthgroup.com. Ed, thanks for joining us today. Uh, This is a year in which uh, stock losses uh, are probably in everybody's vocabulary, unless you've been very, very, very good. Uh, But more often than not, people are dealing with uh, stock losses today. And uh, yes, Ed, it sounds like you can uh, make them work for you when you file your taxes. How do you do it? Yeah, we're we're fond of Winston Churchill's quote, never let a good crisis go to waste. And while we don't think we're in a crisis or anytime soon, there's a bunch of opportunities that with these lower portfolio values that your listeners can employ themselves. And one of those is a tax loss harvest, harvesting strategy. And that's where both, you know, this year has been tough for both stocks and bonds, Rob. So, you know, individuals can look at some of the losses in their taxable accounts sell those losses and then offset that against some of the gains that they may have in the account or use that as future tax credits. It's a really powerful strategy that we like to employ in our portfolios to try to be more tax efficient over time. Now, is that something a certified financial planner does for clients automatically, or do you as a client have to reach out to an Ed Jertson and say, let's, let's do that? Yeah, we do it automatically for our clients, and that's why they employ us in the portfolios. But if your advisor or your professional, your, even your tax professional, isn't guiding you on this, just be proactive because we've got you know a couple months remaining for the year, and you want to do it in this calendar year, especially with us being at these lower levels so far. But absolutely, if you're not getting that proactive advice, you know, then you obviously have to poke some of the professionals you're working with. Is this done on a yearly basis or a quarterly basis? Uh, I look at it and we look at it from an opportunistic standpoint. So, for instance, in March of 2020, we employed this strategy when the markets declined so precipitously. And that was an opportunistic standpoint. But typically, we look towards the middle, towards the end of the year to do this strategy. And what's important for your listeners to remember, if you sell those losses, you can't buy that same holding back for 31 days. So you've got to avoid what's known as the wash sale rule. So while there are some very specific things you have to do to follow the tax code, it's a great strategy to put in place. And you can also make this work for you uh, with uh, certain types of retirement accounts as well. Yeah, absolutely. So there is no income uh, limitation on Roth conversions. So you can take your your tax deferred to your traditional IRA, and you can convert those monies over into a Roth conversion. Now, this is definitely where you want to seek out your certified financial planner or tax advisor to make sure you're not uh, inadvertently jumping income tax brackets. But what a great, great way to take lower portfolio values, convert that traditional IRA to a Roth, and then potentially enjoy those tax-free distributions later on down the road. Now, is there any place in which you can get uh, uh, in trouble or I mean, even like even in legal trouble? There's a way you can do this improperly where in the end you uh, uh, end up costing yourself. 
Yeah, and this is where the DIY part of it comes into play, right? You've got to be very careful with Roth conversions, making sure that you're following the rules because you don't want to ever run afoul of the IRS. And again, that's why reaching out to a certified financial planner or a tax professional to help guide you, it's great wisdom from your side, Rob, in terms of just, you know, it, it seems relatively straightforward. Just be careful of all the different rules that might be involved. And then very quickly, uh, you you can only do employ this strategy, what, once every couple of years or so? I mean, you don't want to be doing this all the time, or can you? Yeah, you can. There is no limitation on Roth conversion strategies, but you've got to be very careful on how you do that conversion. So you can do it once per year if you do what's known as a rollover, meaning you literally kind of take a check and then move it to another institution. But you can convert you know, monthly, weekly, quarterly, annually, these these conversion figures. So again, be very careful in terms of DIY. Always seek out a professional. But yeah, you're not limited to doing this just once per year or once every other year. Ed Jertson, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago, the website engagewealthgroup.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, demand for Apple's new iPhone 14 falling short of expectations. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Reports indicate Apple is telling suppliers not to increase production of the new iPhone 14. Let's get the latest now from Angelo Zeno, Senior Industry Analyst at CFRA Research based in New York. Angelo, thanks for joining us today. Uh, What type of uh, bump was Apple anticipating from the iPhone 14 and, and how far did they miss? Yeah, listen, I, I, you know, and thanks for having me. But, you know, when, when we start thinking about this, I first off, I wouldn't make too much of the report. Um, you know, supposedly, I guess, internal assumptions were looking for um, Apple to increase production by about 6% on a year-over-year basis. Um, and now the report is essentially citing that they're looking to make 90 million iPhones here in the second half, um, which is virtually in line with our projections and I think roughly um, that of the, the broader street. So, um, as a result, we've actually kept our estimates unchanged. Um, so at the end of the day, listen, I, I think this is one of those situations where um, there are lots of reports that continually uh, typically come out in terms of, um, you know, what Apple is looking to do um, in terms of iPhone production. But time and time again, um, they continue to ex- execute extremely well. And then uh, as far as uh, iPhone uh, sales and demand is concerned, I mean, it wasn't too long ago when a new iPhone would come out, people would be camped out all night at the Apple store waiting to get it the moment it was available. Has it simply evolved to the point where uh, Apple customers just upgrade as soon as their cell phone plan allows them to, and that is the cycle of iPhone 14 purchasing? Yeah, I think it depends on the consumer. I mean, when you start thinking about, um, you know, there, there's absolutely a, a loyal customer base out there, which will, you know, typically upgrade their iPhone every year or every other year, um, just so they can kind of have the next latest and greatest device. And then there are others um, that will upgrade, you know, every four or five years. And when we kind of look at where the average replacement cycle is at this point in time, it's probably around three and a half, four years. So uh, most people will fall into that camp. Um, but when you kind of start looking at some of the promotions that are out there from some of the biggest telecom carriers out there, not only in the U.S., but globally, um, that's allowed to, you know, Apple to really kind of um, accelerate some of their efforts here in, in recent years, especially since the iPhone, uh, the, the 5G launched two years ago. Um, and they've also been able to kind of benefit um, from some of those um, telecom carrier promotions by um, basically selling through a lot of these iPhones to 
to younger and younger individuals out there. Last week, uh, just by a matter of uh, spectacular timing, the uh, Apple TV's uh, baseball broadcast uh, potentially uh, uh, showing the uh, American League home run record-tying home run from Aaron Judge uh, got everybody talking about Apple TV's uh, sports offerings. Is Apple still a hardware company, or is it increasingly becoming a content company? Well, as far as kind of when we start thinking about their potential on the bottom line, I mean, it is increasingly becoming more driven by services. I mean, about 20 percent of their top line right now driven by services. But more importantly, the bottom line, um, close to about a third, 35 percent of their, their you know, profits are coming um, from services, which is you know extremely important because um, there's a lot more stickiness to that business. And we do think kind of over the next know, five to seven years, um, that's a business that will continue to grow significantly faster than their hardware business. And over time, in fact, we think over the next two years or so, um, services potentially make up half their their profits on the bottom line. So um, that continues to be the story for Apple. And um, I guess, you know, just to really answer that question, um, they're becoming less of a hardware-centric company, more of a services-oriented company. Angelo Zeno, Senior Industry Analyst at CFRA Research, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.